How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. Welcome, fans of golf, to another episode of Golf Talk Live's 19th Hole Podcast. I am Alan DePue, and I am joined, as always, by our panel. Our panel's changed a little bit tonight. That's the beautiful thing about this. We 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 bring people in. We bring people out. Uh, Thanksgiving week, got three of the boys who are on the road. But as always, I've got Boston Bob Baldessari. Hello, Bobby. AD, it's like, you know, the New England Patriots, next man up. Oh, it is next man up, <laughs> isn't it? And we are pleased that our next man up, pleased to have him join join us. Former uh, president, I believe, of the Golf Writers Association of America, writer for Golf Week, writer for Sports Illustrated, cover of, covers all the tours. Did I miss anything, Bob? Oh, we could go on and on. Water boy, water boy. <laughs> water boy. Jeff Babineau, hello and welcome to Golf Talk Live's 19th hole. AD, good to join you. You know, I was just hitting a few putts on the practice screen, hoping the three ball was going out. Glad <laughs> to join you guys. We appreciate it. We're recording on Tuesday evening. You're going to, this. the show will drop on Wednesday. As I mentioned, it is Thanksgiving week. Uh, we wish everybody a safe and enjoyable holiday. And maybe get out there and play a little golf on Black Friday, because uh, I'm sure there's some sales going on in the golf shops. Yeah, we got a few sales at our club, and uh, I, I would term this more like I Babs was in the the bullpen in Fenway, like Dick Raditz. How about Ooh, that one, <laughs> Dick Raditz? Wow, I like yeah. that. Date the yourself closer. there. You were the closer coming in. Closer. <laughs> well, I'll try and bring a little heat. I don't don't have the old fastball, so I got to try and. Pick at some corners here and there. Uh, I, I I have confidence you're going to throw it high and tight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to talk golf entertainment because there's some news there today. It, a constantly changing environment. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, we're actually going to talk a lot about the um, uh, the LPGA Tour today. And uh, then obviously, uh, Babs, love to get your opinion on Almost we're winding, it's hard to believe we're winding down our year of review of 2022 and what mm. a year it has been. Golf Talk Live are always, we are a new segment we call Golf Talk Live, where uh, it's like the latest news coming out of uh, the, the Live Golf Tour. So uh, let's uh, let's kick it off with something near and dear to my heart, which is uh, golf entertainment. Bobby, I know you've always talked about alternative ways to look at the business and uh, a, a colleague in the business that that I'm I know Davis Cessna um and there's a little backstory here he bought a property or got he acquired a property a couple of years ago in Greenville South Carolina called Crosswinds he's rebranded it. it's called Threes and it just hit the hit Twitter uh I guess Elon released that one but uh he uh he it hit Twitter. He partnered up with Justin Timberlake to do some kind of par three night type venue, entertainment, music, uh, bar scene. You know, Bobby, got any thoughts? Oh, it's the evolution of where we're going for with golf for the social, the entertainment side. I remember being in Virginia. I was working for Dean Beeman at Cannon Ridge when the first, uh, I think it was the first Top Golf in Alexandria started. 
and people thought it was uh, something coming from Mars or Venus. It was so foreign, and we all know you, me, and Babs, we've been around golf a long time. Neat thing about golf is history and tradition. The not so good thing about golf is history and tra- tradition. Yeah, it's like so, steering the, it's like steering the Titanic, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to see more and more. People are going to keep pushing the boundaries, pushing, you know, beyond the the drive shacks and, and the top golfs and things like what Davis put together here. And um, who knows what's in the next month or two months or a year down the road. I think it's just going to be pushing and pushing into at some places going to hit the wall for the blend of golf. Entertainment, but I'm I'm not surprised you're going to see more of this. I mean, I mean, Jeff, you, you've seen, because covering the tours, you've obviously seen European tours, you've seen American tours. There's always the talk about the conversation about how the Europeans learn the game from the green out. and Americans get up there and just want to hit bombs. Um, the Bryson mentality. But yeah. It, is it shocking that it's not to me? I mean, look at the success of the cradle. Look at what, you know, and, and I can tell you again, I actually almost bought this property. <laughs> Davis mm. actually bought, beat me out to buy this property a number of years ago, but he re, he remodeled it. The right guy got it, took it from an 18 hole par three to a 12 hole, built a Himalayas course. Like I said, they piped music in. So they borrowed a few ideas. Is this shocking to you at all? No, not shocking. I mean, I think in golf, uh, as you say, we have tradition, but I think different works as well. You know, um, I, where I grew up, I mean, we all talked about New England earlier. I mean, I grew up on Cape Cod. They had a couple really good par three courses. Oh, Blue Rock. It was, yeah. yeah, Blue Rock. And uh, uh, there was one called Dunphy's in Hyannis where it wasn't, you know, the the grass mats and 82-yard holes. I mean, there was a hole at Blue Rock, 252. I'll never forget it. My uncle had the first ace there. Wow. And, uh, I, I think um, in different works, I think those types of courses are great. I think they're great for your game. You know, if you want to go out there, work on iron play, stuff like that. It's a great way to introduce a beginner to the game. And and I think the celebrity angle kind of piques the interest of people on the fringe of golf. You know, I if it's Justin Timberlake, uh, you want to take a peek, right? If Steph Curry's playing, you know, we're getting a lot of these guys that are that are into golf. A lot of the celebrity tours will have one in Orlando here, not not too far away, where the LPGA plays with celebs. And um, I think a lot of times different works. I, I agree. And and Bobby, we've t- we've referenced the number of times uh, John uh, Ashworth, his little uh, mm. little yeah. short course out there in uh, California, Goat Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, yeah, like Bab said, I think you know, different is appealing, different is fresh, different is um, captures the imagination of people. Um, and I know, well, you, Alan, have a brilliant idea. We just need somebody to help. Uh, oh, is that the, is this the, is this the shameless plug where we ask for capital? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but if anybody's listening, I'm telling you right now, AD here, Alan, has come up with something that is so so freaking wicked innovative that um, the golf industry needs this and his ideas beyond belief. He shared it with me, uh, but. I, I, we got to see this come to life one day, Alan. Man, I'll tell you what. If you drop a wicket on me, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's like an that's like a ringing endorsement right there, Babs. I think we got to go public. We're ready. <laughs> well, it, it's got to be. A, I mean, it all started. Let's be honest. It all started with the cradle, and I, mm-hmm. I love. I, I think Pinehurst did it right. Gilhans did it ab- absolutely. 
Now he did have the 82 yard chip shot, but he made it mm-hmm. for all resort people there. Yeah. And I was told a number. I don't know if this is accurate, but they're doing 30 some 32,000 was the number I heard rounds a year. On I mean, it's a, it's a nice mix at a resort, right? I mean, if you're yeah. playing 18 in the morning and you you've already played three days in a row, that's like the perfect little uh, way to finish your day. Have a cocktail in your hand, play the cradle. Bandon's got its 13 hole little short course. It's fun. I mean, I've, I've putted off one of those tees, so they're not, you know, the holes aren't too crazy long. It's down a hill. Um, it, it's fun. It's a nice way to kind of mix in the, the resort and uh, get all your buddies together. You know, you're not just playing four at a time and, and it can be some fun stuff. I agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let's shift gear. So the LPGA, we're going to call this the best of times and the worst of times segment for the show tonight. All right. So golf week, they released that. They, they posted, I happen to see this one on social. That's why I'm giving them reference. The LPGA released their 2023 uh, schedule. If you didn't see it, guys. 33 events, record prize fund, $101 million. Any thoughts before I go to the, the worst of times? Lead us off, Dabs. I mean, it, it's great. I, I was over at the Pelican event the week before the CME. Uh, they didn't want to announce that the purses were going to be over $100 million, but that was kind of the, the ace in the pocket that they were ready to announce. And um, it's great. You know, it, it a lot of the uh, those big heightened purses come in a handful of events, right? The majors, uh, Pelican's going to go up, I think, to 3.25 next year. That's a nice purse. And, of course, the CMA was CME was $7 million. So, uh, I mean, it's it's positive news, definitely, for the LPGA. Well, then, let's let's actually go right there, then. Here's the worst of times. CME, you, you sounds like you were you were in attendance because you're, you're a boots on the no. ground kind. No, you were not. I wasn't, okay. I wasn't, no. No, I was reading about it, though. All yeah. right. Well, CME, CME's uh, CEO, Terry Duffy, hosted dinner, and... And I let's see here. Uh, I quote: "I exceptionally, exceptionally disappointed with the leadership of the LPGA. They better get their act together because we're not going to lose people like this over stuff like this." And what he's referring to, Bobby, is there wasn't anybody there. It was yeah, an but, it was an empty dinner. You'd think. Well, you know, there must have been a massive uh, communication gap because. Mm. I would think the you know the LPGA players are, I've been out there on that tour, very gracious, uh, empathy, humility. I mean, just outgoing. They really connect with people. There must have been something where there must have been a massive disconnect as far as hey, please come to this dinner. I, I can't I can't imagine something that where not one of them showed up. It just seems weird. I I agree with you. I mean, locally, uh, I've got the Sea View. Um... I'm down at Seaview every year for for the LPGA event there. And the women are amazing with the galleries. They're amazing with the writers, the, the anyone covering the event. I mean, they're just so engaging. Tuesday, I'm walking down the fairways just talking, having a good time during the mm-hmm. middle of a practice round, you know, discussing the course and, and the improvements of the course. How does this happen, Jeff? I mean, how do you – Yeah. Do you, it, it, that's their Super Bowl. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, as we say, a lot of the that $100 million purse money we're talking about comes in a handful of events. And at those events, I mean, it just seems like common sense that you are very cognizant of 
your sponsor, what's going on, events to attend. And and to Bob, I think there's no better word as Bob said, disconnect. I mean, they just a ball was dropped here. I, I think they will uh they've addressed it. I mean, I give uh, the, the LPGA commissioner credit. She owned it uh, as a leader of the organization. And it just seemed like a common sense thing. You know, it's your year ender. It's a, it's a great event. You're playing for a $2 million first place money, which, you know, is life changing out there. And um, yeah, players should have been a little more attentive to that. Without question. So I have to ask the question of our, uh, our illustrious PGA professional in attendance on the panel tonight. How good is Lydia Ko? Oh, wicked good. <laughs> oh, but I, two, I think two wickets in one show, Bobby. That's impressive. Yeah, the fan duel over under for tonight's show was eleven. All right, uh, all right. Don't forget your bet in the. Uh, I, you know, I think it's just even more remarkable her talent that she was exceptional and then had that bumpy period. And yeah, it, it is such a fine, fine line. People. I think they know, but I, do they really know the fine line? And, and Bab's been out there. We've we've known tour players. You have. It's such a crazy fine line to to lose it, so to speak, and then find it mm-hmm. again, and then in a tournament like that, come in and win it. I mean, that's that's impressive. Well, that was number three in a was that three in a row for her. I mean, uh, no, no, she hadn't won the previous week, but she okay. um, she wrapped up a lot of things there. You know, the scoring averages up for grabs, the uh, player of the year. Uh, the $2 million first place. So you checked a lot of boxes there and get some hall of fame points. And, uh, you know, to Bob's point, she's, she's only 25. That's the amazing thing. I mean, yeah, you, you forget how young she is because she's stared into the abyss out there. And, and I have a great respect for any player that can lose their game and climb back out of it. And, uh, she kind of built it back with Sean Foley. And I, I don't think the two of them are working together right now, but at least they got her on the track and, and she's just a great player to watch, right? A lot of elegance to her game and really solid, great ball striker, gets the putter going. And and really, is just a great star out there in the LPGA. So it's it's glad to see her back on top. I've got a good friend down at Lake Nona, and, and she's she's a resident in, in Nona. And she's she is so personable. Everybody mm-hmm. raves about how, what a, what a, I mean, she, she buys the staff some lunch down there sometimes. I, I, I mentioned Seaview. I had an opportunity to chat with her. And uh, after she walked off, there was not a kid that did not get something signed after she walked out right. of the, after the interview tent. And she, I, I, I just, she's automatic. I mean, she's Lydiamatic when, I mean, on the tee, she yeah. doesn't miss. She really doesn't. And I mean, there, there's not a lot to her, right? And she's got no. some nice length out there. Um, generate some speed and, and just really has the all around game. So, uh, you know, there was a lot at stake last week and she stepped right up and grabbed every bit of it. So that, that kind of feeds right into your background. Uh, I mean, you've covered it all. You've got obviously a, a resume that includes all the majors seeing some of the best moments in golf, uh, the state of the tour today, or shall I say the tours, I remember reading an article actually that you, you had written, about if you're an aspiring pro professional, there's a a bevy of opportunities to play out there right now. To paraphrase you, so to speak, I mean, there's you you got the Asian tours, you got some of the sub tours, you got now have live, you have give get give the listener as a guy that's out there inside the ropes, outside the ropes on a daily basis, give them a sense as to what's going on out there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're seeing depth now on a global level that you've never seen ever in golf. So, yeah, there are a lot of tours to play and there's a lot of levels to play uh, at and try to, to climb the ladder. But, uh, man, I, it's the, the percentages out there just get tougher and tougher. And, and I think it's such a thin line. I mean, that's why we see a guy like uh, Cameron Young come out of the Corn Ferry Tour and he's ready to compete right away. I mean, they shoot lights out on the Corn Ferry Tour. That that kind of gets you ready. Uh, and, and you know, we, we saw with the President's Cup this year, the U.S. lost some guys to live. Uh, the international team wasn't as fortunate depth-wise. I mean, the U.S. lost a guy and up steps Scotty Scheffler. And up, up comes a Cameron Young. And you got Xander Shopley. And it's like a next man up. It really is. Uh, and I think on, on all the tours, you're just seeing a depth of talent that's uh, it's pretty incredible to see, and and it's it's nice to know you can make it. You know, it's uh, it's certainly not easy to do so, but you know, you you get your shot off the corn ferry, and and it's out there for you if you play well. I've I've referenced this a number of times. Uh, I have a friendship with Billy Hurley. He grew up uh, actually mm. playing my course in Northern Virginia. I was managing at that time, and uh, Bobby was in the middle in the Mid Atlantic in those days as well. And he says it's what we're seeing today is it's younger athlete. It's the tiger effect. Finally, those, yeah. those athletes that, that 20 years ago, they've now chosen golf as their path, uh, as opposed to, you know, playing sport, other sports, and then coming back to golf at some point, maybe it's golf. And it's always been golf. Bob, do you agree with that? Is it, it is the caliber of the athlete? I mean, you're, you're teaching some top, top level players. So, I mean, Oh yeah, it's it's been an incredible evolution. I remember being at River Run Golf Club in Ocean City in the mid '90s. Gary Player designed the course. He came back in. He did a press conference one day, and he said, "I hope in my lifetime, I think what we'll see on the PGA Tour is a Michael Jordan physical athlete playing yeah. golf at the highest level." And he said, "That's going to transform golf." And I know there's a lot of talk about the ball and different things. I don't think people talking up abs about the like the the working out the physical specimens it's it's like in the nfl where years ago 240 pound defensive linemen i mean now you got quarterbacks that are 240 yeah you wouldn't want josh allen running at you right i mean (laughs) uh yeah to your point we're seeing athletes right these guys used to you know gary woodland and dustin johnson um i'm doing a piece on scotty scheffler for the master's journal and in talking to Jordan Spieth about him, I mean, Jordan's known him since he was seven or eight years old. He thinks Scotty might be the best athlete out there on tour. And that's not talked about that much, you know. Um, wow, that's kind a, of a quiet bold, kid. That's a bold statement. Absolutely. It really is, yeah. Yeah, and he uh, he was a good hoop player. He plays pickleball now, you know. But th- these guys are um, – they are athletes. You're seeing guys that would drift off into other sports that are now coming to golf and – um and there's a lot of speed to it. There's a lot of workout to it. There's a lot of maintenance to it, right? I mean, they're, they're swinging it so hard. Who knows? Maybe we see a little shorter careers with your Brysons and some of these guys. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas. Look at the torque he puts on his body in a golf ball. So uh, it's it's interesting to me to watch and just see the length increase out there and the power and and what a power game it is these days. So I, I, I try to be the king of Segway when, uh, and you've hit a couple mm-hmm. of points. Like it per- set me up. Perfect. It was like, I, I just got to, I just, yeah, I appreciate that. But I, I, I got to get this other point in first, which is, I remember hearing the, uh, the, the interview with Rory who probably 
he may be the most fit guy on tour right now, in my opinion. And he used to get text messages from Tiger going, well, I'm already in the gym. Where are you, you know, yeah. <laughs> where are you at? So, uh, no, but you referenced, you referenced Bryson. I think it was today on Twitter. I just saw where he regrets his diet of 2020. Mm. And yeah. we had talked about that at length. How long can you sustain what he was doing? I give him a lot of kudos for trying, right? He tried something different. Yeah. Uh, he was amazing at Wingfoot to win a U.S. Open. I mean, it was amazing watching him, right? I mean, he just kept pounding driver, carving it out of the rough. No, no one played out of the rough at a U.S. Open at Wingfoot with any success. And uh, he, he gave it a go, and now he's kind of scaling back. He's lost some weight. Um, I, I wonder the way he goes at it. You have to wonder if the body won't break down, right? I know, I know how hard he works at it. But uh, there just comes a point, it seems, of, of diminishing returns. So uh, the length is great, but you you want to be around in ten years too. So uh, to me, it's an interesting mix to watch. Uh, I you know I, I love the power game of it, but I don't want to see golf lose its art artistic side either. Is there a guy out there that you see that is not getting enough credit for either his athleticism or his his oh, man. creativity? Yeah, well, I mean, I watch, you know, using the other side of the Scheffler story, I mean, Spieth maybe, just how creative he is and, and the magic when he's got the putter going. And I think there's a there's a fine art out there of scoring. And you don't look at a lot of guys and say, the best thing he does is score, right? That was a Ray Floyd thing. And I think you look at Spieth and you say, and, and I look at this Tom Kim coming up, I was kind of amazed to see how short he really is. Right now, he's 20 years old. He doesn't hit it very long. Uh, but Rory kind of warned him off of trying to increase speed suddenly. Uh, he's a kid who gets out there and, and scores. He shoots the number. And uh, to me, that's that's a cool thing to see. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely a gamer, right, Bobby? Oh, yeah. But it, I was just going to say, I'll take a guy that could just get the ball in the hole versus right. the pretty swing type of thing. Uh, but I was struck uh, – um, I was I was watching some videos. He has a little random comment here, but it ties in perfectly. Uh, when my son Robert was born, so yeah, it's just me with the video camera. I know it's kind of crazy. We bring him home to the house. He's in Pam's arms. He's hours old, whatever. And I take the camera. There happened to be a PGA Tour event going on, so I'm trying to document, you know, Robert's first moments watching a TV. Of you know, he's he's an infant, newborn, and. I'm I'm watching the TV and I see in a succession of shots, um, Brad Bryant, Billy Mayfair, Paul Hazinger, Steve Elkington, and Justin Leonard. And as you guys are talking about these athletes and hitting far and this and that, I'm just thinking that's what I, I just saw that video the other day. Um, just kind of crazy. I don't know. And there's You know what? There's only one of those guys that you would say, in my mind, has that textbook golf swing that everybody – I mean, Elkington's was smooth. Yeah, Elkington's pretty good. Everybody else just got it done. Oh, yeah, I can remember uh, I can remember a, uh, Paul Azinger talking about Corey Pavin and saying that guy ought to be in the Hall of Fame just from where he plays his t-ball, right? And he found a way to get it done. I, what he 15 times maybe won out there, won a U.S. Open. Uh, he was amazing. There was lots of different ways to get it done. Nowadays, it seems to kind of lean toward the power game, but but I think we do see a variety of winners out there, and and you always want to see that. Hey, any truth yeah. to the story? Any truth to the story that Pavin aimed for the for the walk off on at Beth Page? 
because it was he couldn't reach the fairway. <laughs> yeah, right. They went out. Nick Price did that. Yeah, the walkway. They couldn't. They went out on ten. Couldn't get to the fairway. That is true. Wow. Yeah, how about Pavin using the bullseye too? Yeah, he used the bullseye, and uh, he was he was tough, man. He had a good Ryder Cup record. Yeah. Um, now I've 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 actually been lucky to play some golf with him, and he's amazing the way he, he hits it and strategically gets his way around the golf course. And uh, that's the art of the game that you don't really want to see go. Without I'll question, I'll just show you my uh, I I can I can do a pretty good Corey Pavin, Azinger, Freddie. <laughs> Um, I've got a, a little Raymond Floyd. I'll show you that someday. <laughs> so, with that changing of the game, we'll see how see how I do this here, Babs. There you go. Live. How do? We, what's your impression? I mean, you're a guy. You're a guy that's covering it all. What do you? What do you? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we certainly didn't see it. You know, a year ago, if we were all talking at this time, we didn't see the train coming, right? Not like this, even though it was in the works. Um, so it certainly was an interesting story to watch. I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't write a ton about it this year. I just kind of watched it. A lot of my buddies are covering it. it. It basically, as a golf writer, gave you two beats, right? You had to yeah. cover the PGA Tour, and you had to cover all the news of this new monster tour that was happening. And, um, you know, I look at the young guys, and I almost feel sorry for them because I, I just wonder what a Joaquin Neiman, I think, is a wonderful young player, and Cam Smith, won two of our biggest events this year, right? He wins the players and an open championship. And what is he playing for out there outside of a giant check? Yep. Uh, you know, if you win, it's kind of irrelevant. You're not beating a lot of – you're beating some quality guys, sure, but, you know, smaller fields, 54 holes. I just don't know what they're playing for. Uh, it's, it's a point that we've – you know, the panel has made uh, week in and week out. It's uh, you're not playing for the history. You're not playing for – uh, now Cam's an interesting story because obviously yeah. he he he's qualified unless the rules change uh, and Augusta can do what Augusta wants to do. Uh, he's qualified for the majors, but you're absolutely right. You have a talent like like Neiman or Abraham Answer or mm. th these guys are these guys are knocking at the doors. I think on a hot week they compete at a major. Not now. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting, right, what we see at Augusta. I mean, I can't see them walking into that champion's dinner and tapping five or six guys on the shoulder and say, you guys aren't welcome here anymore. I, I just don't see that. That place is all about tradition, right? So if you've earned your way in there for your lifetime of teeing it up, your fills and, uh, you know, Bubba's and some of these guys, um, I, I expect to see them there. What do you do? You think there'll be any kind of react or change from for the Open Championship or the U.S. Open, USGA will make any changes to how they? What's what's the tea leaves you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know honestly. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it certainly was too far down the. It was way out of the barn for them to do anything in 22. So sure, right. I, I will think, and I mean, if they stick to the importance of world ranking to to make fields at the majors. I mean, these guys are going to drop like stones out there uh, without getting a lot of significant starts with a lot of world ranking points. So that could have a big effect. So, yeah, I mean, I want to see Cam Smith play for the, the biggest titles in golf. He's a, he's a wonderful player. Um, he might be in the lucky side because he's you know got his major championship that gets him in the next few years. But um, the rest of these guys, I don't, I don't know how they're going to get in, honestly.
Bob, does that tie? I mean, what Jeff's saying there ties directly into John Ron this past week with his comments about the the world ranking points are just a joke. I think is what he said, right? Yeah, I think uh, he took some some aim at the uh, world ranking points system. What it's all about. There's a lot of talk about that. Um, you know, I remember some years ago somebody said when you win a PGA Tour event, you're in the record book. When you win a major, you're in the history books. Mm. I guess if you win a live event, you're you're in the checkbook. <laughs> Get it? Wow, you got a trademark then. I'll I tell like you it. what, you Bob, you you were just, you came to play. Oh, you did. You came <laughs> to play today. <laughs> I'm buying that T-shirt tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I better run out and put that in the yeah, put that trademark domain or something. Nice. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. There, uh, yeah, just interesting what's going to happen with these world ranking points. And um, you know, I always said would say to people, listen, the rules of golf are there to help you. If you know the rules of golf, my dad told me this all the time. You've got options for dropping and different things, and if you know the rules, they can help you. And so, you know, if it applies, this might be a bit of a stretch, but the world ranking, if Liv tries to figure out ways that plays by the rules, but they get ranking points, you know. I don't, I don't know them that good. I don't know the rules that good, but maybe there's a little bit of a loophole in there. Well, they're certainly trying to find that loophole with the uh, what is it? The African defunct African uh... yeah. meta <laughs> meta tour meta, meta tour, tour. Meta, mina mina tour. I don't <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's... hey, we're watch how I'm going to do this, Bobby. We're going we're talking about going around the world. We got to bring him in. Uh, we have not heard from him for a little while. The traveling golfer, Tony Leodora. Tony, take it away. This month's bucket list comes from, of course, with an iconic name, or at least part of the name, TPC Tampa Bay. A lot of TPC courses around the country. This TPC course has gone through a tremendous rejuvenation under Heritage Golf Group, we've got the general manager, Steve Ostras, with us. Steve, welcome to Golf Talk Live. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And welcome to Tony's Bucket List, our monthly feature that, well, gives our listeners something special to look forward to on one of their trips. TPC Tampa Bay, on the north side of Tampa, easily accessible by a lot of the major highways, and... A name that really had a place in history thanks to what was then the senior tour, 90s and early 2000s, the GTE Suncoast Classic here with some of the greatest names in golf. You're right. Uh, you know, we had tournaments for 20 straight years here. Probably one of the only facilities on the Champions Tour or the Senior Tour that had 20 straight years. And, you know, we had uh, the Outback was a big part. We had a Pro-Am. We had celebrities all you know, your, your, your most famous celebrities playing here, um, you know, with great senior golfers, Nicholas and Trevino and Watson and Price and Langer and Irwin. I mean, can I name any better? I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> Sounds like a Hall of Fame. It's a Hall of Fame. It's so exciting to be a part of such, a, such history. And, and our team here at TPC, you know, we're bringing back the history. We're bringing back return to glory. We are, uh, we're going to make this place special. It is special. It's only going to get more special. Well, Heritage Golf Group now owns and manages the property here. The tour event has gone away, but 
a lot of the great things are coming back thanks to the fact that you bit the bullet and closed this year for six months for a renovation and regrassing of the place. A daily fee course, I mean, the corporation had to say zero revenue for six months. That's a tough, tough bullet to bite. You know, we were having a really outstanding start to the year in uh, earlier this year. And uh, we just made this, this decision to uh, regrass, regrass the greens with Champion G12. We regrassed the fairways with Bimini Bermuda and the tee boxes. So, I mean, we've got state-of-the-art grass. And we've got a whole new fleet of carts that just arrived. And we are just ready to roll and, and just show everybody why we are the best access course in, in the Tampa market. And a must-play for everyone. Well, you add now excellent conditions to a golf course that already is 18 holes of eye candy. I mean, this is a pretty golf course. There's just no other way to put it. There's nobody that plays this course that doesn't like the layout. There's water on 15 holes, uh, but it's really playable. Uh, it's just a beautiful golf course. Our last five holes, they're called the gauntlet because they were the toughest five-hole finish on the Champions Tour when they played here. And it's just phenomenal. And the sunset that you get on hole 18 when you're coming in the late afternoon, it's priceless. It is priceless. So, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate today because we've had the Champions Tour finals at qualifying school here. And uh, we had it last year. And be, be honest, my best friend growing up, Rob Alberts, he won. He didn't even know I was working here. So we rekindled a friendship. We hadn't seen each other in 15, 20 years. Wow. And he wound up winning, and he had a great year on the tour this year. So um, we just got a lot of good things happening here. And, but, again, as I said before, you know, this starts with the staff and starts with our vision. And, and Heritage Golf Group, they, they've given us the vision. We've taken it. The staff just lives and breathes the things that we're trying to do. And we are returning to glory. And the LPGA Tour just – in the yeah on monday they had the qualifier for the uh for the pelican and we had 48 lpga players i think three under par was first and one under par was second and the course was challenging uh they love the conditions and uh, we're just getting better every day yeah that makes it a lot of fun for the people here and you make it fun for the visitors that come from all over the country and the world to tpc tampa bay steve the best way to find out more about it the website yes uh, you can go to our website uh, we are in the process of uh, redoing it, so it'll be, it'll be changing over the next few months. But, uh, you know, give us a call, send us an email. You know, we get back to everybody the day that they, they leave us a message, and we're just excited to show the world what TPC Tampa Bay has to offer. All right. Steve Ostroff, the general manager, TPC Tampa Bay, return to glory. Check it out. It's a must-stop, as a matter of fact. It is part of Tony's bucket list. Make it your All right, Tony. Thank you. So, guys, tur the Tournament Players Club at uh, Tampa Bay, down your neck of the woods, not here in cold Philadelphia. Um, Jeff, you played it, right? I, can't, I was just trying to think if I played it or not. I, I've been there plenty of times. I used to cover the Champion Store event there. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah. It a good golf course. I've walked it. I can't remember playing it. Completely, as I, as I said in the interview, completely regressed, trying to bring it back. Heritage Golf Group, very active uh, multi-course operator right now, acquiring properties. But, uh, I mean, Bobby, uh, good to see the, the historical properties uh, resurrected, right? Yeah, it is. It's nice to see the, you know, 1011 care that 
a lot of history at these courses and um it would be nice i mean tampa's got some great courses over there and hopefully it didn't get damaged too bad by that hurricane ian that came through and 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 who's got it better than tony i mean <laughs> i want to be a caddy huh? he's left-handed <laughs> the traveling golfer himself <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, Bobby, I'm, Andy's not with us. It's all you. You've got a big weight on your shoulder. You brought your game game today. You got any do? Don't be that guy. Uh, the don't be that guy. Well, um, I'm not sure. I, I have got a whole list. I I, w- I want to bring a good one here, but um, I don't know. The uh, you know it's, sometimes it's the don't be that guy in the first tee making the bets left and right. Uh, I get you for this. I get you for that. I give you for that. And then you finish the round and it's like, so what happened to uh, Joe there? <laughs> Hit the road. You know, if you're going to make a bet, you know, these days of you got uh, Zelle and this and that, you got, you know, you pay your, pay your dues. Just don't be that guy that bolts and trunk, sl- the trunk slams. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, don't, don't be that guy that's got the 8.15 tea time and you pull into the parking lot at 8.14 and 30 seconds. Oh, well, hey, uh, that would be our other panelist, Christian Nazamus, when he shows there up you at go. place. Well, and, there's you plenty know. of those types. I used to work with one of those guys, and, man, he, uh, we, the rest of us, he'd be the only guy not stressed out on the first tee. <laughs> so I used to I used to get two up early, I think, because the rest of us were frazzled trying to watch it. He would argue. He would argue. He still piped it down the right down the middle. So uh, wouldn't bother him a bit. <laughs> All right, Bobby. Eighteenth uh, hole. Uh, what do you got? Final thoughts. Uh, you know, I just did not know that there were two places in America named golf. One, there's a golf Illinois, and there's a golf Florida. So uh, have my to put that on the travel bucket list. Uh, but interesting story. It was in the, one of the golf newsletters this week and a lot of history behind the golf, Illinois. Uh, if you happen to find that, I love that history stuff. Uh, you come from the Boston area. Um, just can't get enough for the history of the game. So, uh, but that was really neat. I never knew that. Although I wondered about it, but I never knew there might be now two places named golf in America. Jeff, like- final, final thoughts. Well, it's Thanksgiving week, right? I'm I'm working on a piece tonight on Jill McGill, who hadn't competed in like 10 years. She went out this summer, won the U.S. Women's Senior Open. She did, had yes. Her, had her sister on the bag, uh, who was battling ovarian cancer. Uh, so it was uplifting for both of them. And, and I'm just thankful that golf gives us these stories, right? I mean, as, as someone who tries to be a storyteller, there is just an endless uh, well of stories in golf. And I'm appreciative of that. Certainly on a week where we're celebrating things we're thankful for. Yeah. Without question. Who, what was it this year at the USAM? The, uh, was he a plumber that, uh, I think 34 year old plumber that made it into the final 16 or something. I can't even remember his name. Anyway, you're yeah. right. You're, you're absolutely correct. And, and my final thought is that it's Thanksgiving week. We're thankful for all of our listeners. Please continue to follow us. We're thankful for, uh, Jeff, for you joining us, uh, coming in out of the bullpen. Uh, welcome anytime to uh, to round out our panel. And I w- and I caught some heat last week, Bobby. I was at the Eagles game Monday night. My good friend and I told he goes he told me I got a text. He goes, why didn't you mention me on the show? 
He said the commanders were going to win. He nearly called the score properly. So Mike Armel, a Washington commanders slash Redskins. No, we can't say <laughs> that name anymore. Fan from way back when. Here's your shout out. Here's your acknowledgement. That's my final thought. Sounds like Mike could be like uh, Mikey the Greek with the wedding. <laughs> Mikey the Greek. <laughs> have his own segment on FanDuel. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next week, happy Thanksgiving. Hit them long, hit them straight. Or wicked short. Beats Thanks, guys. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.